Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Let's flip to the defensive side of the football with our position previews and focus on the defensive front. This has kind of changed a little bit. We used to just call it the defensive line, but now Illinois has a multiple defense, Joey, uh, that has outside linebackers that kind of change what they do. They're kind of amoebas and change their shape. They put their hand on the ground. They stand up, all those different things. But really, they're mostly defensive ends, but they just have an outside linebacker. They're more versatile. But Ryan Walter's scheme, certainly on defense, was very, very successful last year. And a couple of very important pieces return up front. But Illinois also has some big uh, shoes to fill, both on the defensive line and especially at outside linebacker. So, Joey, this is an intriguing group because last year with this new scheme, they certainly had a lot of success, right? They got after it, uh, rushed the passer really well, a top half group there, pretty good run defense as well. Um, but you got a couple pieces you need to replace and Roderick uh, Perry at, at nose guard and Owen Carney and Isaiah Gay at outside linebacker. But you return some key pieces as well. You have some talent on this group, which I think is a credit to Lovey Smith and maybe Austin Clark as well and you had a coaching staff to their credit a new coaching staff that seemed to get the most out of this group last year which is encouraging yeah there is some definitely some talent there and we say that we start with the law firm and it's brett bielma's is thrilled to, to point out the nickname for them of keith randolph and johnny newton they're really good oh yeah that probably is the obvious, but dude, they are really, really good at football. And I don't know how much longer you should want, you should expect to see them in Champaign, at least together. Yeah, they both received all Big Ten honorable mention from the media last year, and that might have been only me. I had, I had both of them as third team all Big Ten. <laughs> I thought they were that good. I thought they were that good last year. So I thought they were really important. Maybe didn't put up the biggest stats, but I thought they were really, really disruptive. Um, so I, I think they're very, very good players. Uh, and then you get some some intriguing pieces at outside linebacker, right? Like Alec Bryant's a former four-star recruit. Seth Coleman's a former four-star recruit. Shimon Cooper, maybe not the ideal outside linebacker body type uh, in this scheme, but he's a former four-star recruit. Ezekiel Holmes had a Michigan State offer. Jared Beatty and Gabe Ackes were very good recruits who picked Illinois over Tennessee, among other Power Five offers. Then they added some transfers up front. So I, I think there's some depth here. There's just some inexperience. And, and that seems to be true of Illinois in a lot of places uh, on this team. So let's start here, Joey. Uh, we'll get into some of the depth. We'll get into the nose guard conversation, which I find fascinating. But you mentioned the law firm, and they have an NIL deal, right? They are single-digit numbers now. Keith Randolph moves from 88 to zero. Johnny Newton goes from 94 to four. 
Um, these guys are expected to be stars. When you get NIL deals, you get single digit numbers, you get all big 10 honorable mention. You're expected to be stars now. So how good do Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton need to be for this Illinois group to be good? And then by that, I mean, top half of the big 10 defensive front. Yes. If I say it's like second and a half, all big 10 team does that make sense yep somewhere between second team and third team which i don't think is unrealistic by the way uh real quick on keith they're cooler number change from 88 to zero they're like it would take a lot for me to sign up for a defensive lineman to leave 88 but he kind of knocked out of the park going to zero yeah because he's had he's had two cool numbers right as a defensive lineman having the the wide receiver tight end number and now moving to the big old zero in the middle. I do love uh, the defensive lineman going with the single digits. I mean, it looks so skinny on these big people. I, I think it's great, but I think you do have to earn it. So the fact that Brett Bielma was signed off on it tells you what he thinks of Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton. Yeah. And I think they're all, I mean, when I say second team or third team, whatever that looks like, like that's, that's on the table. And, you know, Keith Randolph, specifically Keith Randolph, he's going to have a real, probably going to have a decision to make uh, after the season, a pretty significant decision to make for what he wants to do. But you do, you need those guys to anchor this defensive front, I, I guess is, is the best way to call it because outside linebackers are much more defensive linemen than they are inside linebackers, despite sharing the same name uh, as inside linebackers. But yeah, I, and I think it's probably more of an emphasis this year, Jeremy, because you don't have Isaiah Gay, because you don't have Seth Coleman, you need someone to step into that, that I don't know, star role uh, on the defensive line, but definitely standout role on the defensive line. And, and there's a reason that it's not out of the blue that we're talking about these two guys to step into that role. I think these guys are ideal for the multiple defense that Ryan Walters wants to run. Keith Randolph is kind of the perfect fit for a five technique, four eye shade, which is basically on top of the offensive tackle or maybe right inside the offensive tackle. Think of Richard Seymour. I'm not saying he's going to be a top 10 draft pick, Richard Seymour, Hall of Famer, like Richard, but that kind of player who doesn't always get the sacks, Joey. Um, but he usually takes up multiple people. He can set an edge. He's got long arms, uh, but has athleticism too, where he can get after the passer. Like you just saw a couple guys go top five, right? That were these five techniques uh, that were very high in the draft. Trayvon Walker um, certainly went to Jacksonville. Like there's guys that just make a ton of money because they take up a lot of space disrupt the backfield and make things easy for these pass rushing outside linebackers or the inside linebackers to just run free. Um, so I think Keith Randolph can play the five tech, the four eye shade and a three man front, or he can move inside, play three technique, play nose guard in a, in a, you know, him and Johnny Newton kind of playing those roles. And then Johnny Newton is kind of the ideal three tech um, where he's just, think of Tommy Harris. You just get up the field, disrupt things. He's so athletic for a guy who's 6'2", 290, not as big as Keith Randolph, but he was third on the, or fourth on the team in pressures last year, had three sacks. Uh, Keith Randolph had four and a half sacks and just 400 snaps. Remember he missed some games due to an injury that he thought was going to you know, be an ACL. Didn't end up being that just a sprain. 
Um, and Keith Randolph was was very disruptive in his time. He can get into passing lanes with his long arms. So I think they're a great complement to each other and just a great versatile pieces uh, to whatever chess match Ryan Walters is playing, and he played it pretty well last year. Yeah, my favorite fact about Johnny Newton, other than he's clearly a first-team all-hair candidate, is, and I'm sure I said this last year when we did the defensive line preview, dude, he was a running back in high school. He was a running back. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the offensive yeah, player of the year his junior year, right? It's ridiculous. Yeah, he wasn't just some goal line, give it to Johnny and let him move through. Back. Like, he was a running back. That's This kid's really, really athletic. And you see that as he grows into being a defensive line. I'm glad you mentioned Keith's Randolph's ability to move inside in certain packages, because as we will get into with, with nose guard, that might be a nice trick to have up your sleeve. If you're Ryan Walters to be able to maybe unleash those packages where you can put Keith Randolph in there and keep him on the field in those types of settings like that, that could matter down the road here. This is like, and we're going to have the question coming up about nose guard. This is like the hardest position to project a starting lineup because it can change. You could have in one game, Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton playing the nose and the three tech and your outside linebackers basically playing defensive ends in a four man front. Or you could have Randolph, Calvin Avery and Newton and then two outside linebackers. You know what I mean? Playing against Wisconsin or Iowa or something like that. So uh, that, that's where it's difficult, but no, no, no doubt about it. Randolph and Newton are going to be on the field, hopefully for 600 plus snaps on the season, maybe take a series or two off. They're going to play a ton and it's going to be very important for them to stay healthy for Illinois to have success up front. But I, I think Randolph right now is probably the better uh, NFL prospect. And I agree with you, Joey. I think by the end of the year, he could have a, a big decision to make. I think Johnny Newton's got that potential. I think he's got to show more consistency. I thought Randolph was more consistent throughout the season. Uh, but Johnny certainly has those flashes where as, as he had last year, he was very good um, and, and great in certain, uh, you know, stints. And then some other times she was solid. Um, but I think those guys both have all big, pen, ten, big 10 potential. And I think, at least one of them has to be a star this year, right? And then the other guy's got to be very good uh, for Illinois to be pretty good defensively up front. Yeah, and I think your point about needing a lot of snaps out of them is something we can't just gloss over because I do wonder about depth behind those guys. Jamal Woods has been around for a while, but he's, he's had injuries that have limited his ability to stay on the field. I believe Deion Pate has moved to outside linebacker uh, so you look, I mean, you know, you've got T-Rock Edwards, you, you're bringing in, I still don't think they can officially talk about Rashawn Wilkins, maybe, but he's coming in from Vanderbilt, but you just don't have a lot behind Sedarius McConnell would be a guy back there, but man, you need, you need some snaps out of Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton and probably some pretty good ones. And Jamal Woods has been solid throughout his career. Uh, I don't know if he's the, quite the, the starting star caliber. Like if he has to play in a pinch, I think you're fine. But if he has to start multiple games, I think you're starting to be like, okay, uh, his defensive line going to continue to be a strength. Evan Kurtz got moved from the offensive line. Like he was playing a lot of snaps uh, during the spring game. So yeah, that's a concern is depth. And let's talk about that position because Illinois certainly tried to add some transfers to tag uh, depth to this group. 
Who's the favorite to start at nose guard? I think Roderick Perry is one of the biggest losses for this defense. Like certainly Kirby Joseph, Jake Hansen was very good. Kalon Tolson was a solid player for them. Uh, Owen Carney and Isaiah K were very good. But Roderick Perry was just so solid, so disruptive up front. Again, didn't get all the snaps or uh, the stats like sacks and tackles for loss, but uh, he was third on the team in uh, pressures last year, which at nose guard is really, really good. And I just thought he made everybody else's job so much easier. So I think it's a big loss and you have some talent Two former four stars, Joey, in the class of 2018, Calvin Avery, Virtus Brown. But I think it says a lot when the staff went and added two guys to compete at this position and T Rod Edwards on Northwestern. He has four years of eligibility. And then Rashawn Wilkins out of Vanderbilt, very experienced at the SEC level, played a lot of snaps there, uh, you know, basically kind of a starter rotational player. And uh, he's got two years of eligibility. So I thought that was pretty telling. He was, I think it was also probably like an eraser from some recruiting misses, both in the class of 2022 and the class of 2021. Uh, but yeah, that largely was, we need people to push Virtus Brown, who remember when the staff got here was the starting guard on offense. You need some people to push him. I think Calvin Avery, I would pencil in as the favorite uh, as, as training camp approaches. And I don't have a lot of conviction when I say that, but I, I really do think he had, I think he had some flashes, right? Last season, uh, especially late, and it was Virtus Brown against Northwestern. Am I remembering that right, Jeremy, who had some nice flashes? Both had some uh, flashes. That's what it's been out of them, right? It's flashes of, whoa. And then uh, it's kind of like, are those guys helping at all? Like, is why are they buried on the depth chart? Why aren't they playing more? And Roderick Perry is certainly a, a big part of that, but the flash has got to turn into consistency with those guys, right? And adding these two transfers, yes, they're longer-term guys, especially T. Rod Edwards, but I also think it's to push those guys and to get the most out of them, and we'll see if that can happen. Like you, you mentioned Calvin as the front-runner for starter. You'll be able to talk with Phil Steele, and Phil Steele has Calvin Avery as the starter. But Calvin Avery practice with the second stringers, third stringers during the spring game. I don't know if that was a motivational ploy. They just wanted to see how he'd do there. But Calvin's certainly the most experienced. He's certainly talented. Uh, it's just, it's now or never for him. This is the last year. Uh, if he wants to play at the NFL, he's got to put it all together. We, we've seen flashes of talent, as you said, late in the season, other years. It's just consistently doing it snap after snap at his weight um, has, has been an issue. Yeah, so if, if he is the guy, we're also talking about who's your 1B because Calvin Avery is probably not going to play more than what, – what number would you put on it, Jeremy? 55% of the total snaps in the game defensively? I don't know if Calvin Avery or Virtus Brown play more than 30 snaps in a game. I, I just don't know at their size if, if they're able to – I mean, Perry – uh, I'm trying to think of Perry played how many snaps last year? 503, which is out of 868. That's a lot of snaps for any nose guard, any guy who's 300 plus pounds on the defensive line. That's a lot of energy you're expending. So that was a lot, probably 65% of snaps around there. Yeah. I think Avery's probably at most a 50% guy. So you need a one B and that's 
so I guess when we should we reframe this conversation and not so much who starts? Yes. Who are who is your combination of nose guards? Is it? I think Calvin Avery is one of them. Yes. So who is one B or one A? If he's one B, like who's the other one? I think that's what I really need to know. I was going to get into that. I think we talk too much about starters on sometimes on defense because they do rotate. Like outside linebacker and defensive line, especially like we know Newton and um, Randolph are probably going to play 80% of snaps if they can, because they're that good. But when you get to some of these other groups, I think you're going to see more of a rotation. And I think that's what it's going to look like. I think, I think three guys have the potential to rotate at nose guard. Um, if they're, cause I don't see a huge separation between the two. Tira Edwards was, was playing with the first string, I do want to mention Bryce Barnes played a lot with the first string during the spring game. He could be a depth piece behind Newton and Randolph. Um, scholarship but, guy now, I believe, right? Yeah, I got on a scholarship last year. So uh, he's another guy I just want to mention. You know, he's played a lot of football at Illinois, and, and they love him. So uh, maybe not as talented as some of these other guys, but um, certainly a guy I wanted to mention at some point in this podcast. But yeah, I mean, Calvin Avery and Virtus Brown are certainly talented, but T-Rod Edwards, they rave about his work ethic. They rave about, you know, his knowledge of football. And I think that says something compared to, you know, you can read between the lines of some of these things. They brought him in for those traits because he's not as big as Virtus. He's not as big as Calvin Avery, but they think they need somebody that can push. And I think T-Rod Edwards can be that guy. I think Wilkins. Yeah. You know, he's the most experienced out of any of these guys. And he was pretty solid at Vanderbilt playing in the SEC. So I think he's certainly going to be part of the rotation, Rashawn Wilkins. And you know, T. Rod Edwards has four years to make an impact, but he's already in his third year of uh, college already, too. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Wilkins because we're sitting here, we're talking about like who's got the experience? What could this be? I mean, you got a guy who played a lot at Vanderbilt a year ago in the sec uh, against sec competition and maybe we would jeremy like i know we've talked about this at other like wide receiver we talked about this with sean miller like if we would have seen him in the spring game then if the staff could talk about wilkins or we had seen wilkins in the spring maybe we're having a different discussion because like you can't just make up those snaps like those are real things that happened at vanderbilt in the sec and so, I mean, to me, it's like, why aren't we talking about him just a little bit more? Because we haven't seen him. We haven't talked to him. Right. We haven't talked to the staff about him. Um, but he's played 750 snaps, and he's got a 66 pro football focus grade. I, I know more about Rashawn Wilkins as a defensive lineman than I do Vertus Brown, right? And there, there's more staff for him, I believe, than Calvin Avery at this point. So, yeah, I think he's I think he's definitely going to be in the rotation at some point. I don't think you bring in a grad transfer unless he's going to play significant snaps, or at least that's the hope. Um, his grades on PFF last year, yeah. it's pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, it's Everything was over uh, – all but three, I guess, were over 52 and a half. Yeah, so I mean, focus good. grades, like 60, 65 and up is good, right? Um, if you're in the seventies, you're a good starter, solid starter. I would say if you're in the eighties, you're one of the best players at your position in college football. Um, so he was a 66 overall, which I think is a solid rotational piece borderline starter. 
Yeah, I just, and you're right. The reason we're not probably further down this road in conversations because maybe Brett Bielma can talk about him at media day, I would think. So, but we just haven't, haven't been able to really talk about it. And wasn't his commitment, at, I think you and I, remember you and I found it. It was at like 10 p.m. or something. But, he, but we were late. We were the ones who were late in, in his defense. I don't, we're too old to immediately go to Instagram first for commitments. Uh, but I feel like he, his commitment just kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Maybe to your points, because we haven't seen him or talked about him. And it was a little surprising because it was a second defensive lineman guy who I would kind of project as a nose guard. Maybe he can play some three tech, right? Uh, maybe he can play behind Newton. Right? And maybe he's more in that rotation. Maybe he's more behind Randall. I'm not sure. We haven't just seen him. But his size, 6'3", 310. Uh, can he be the guy behind Randolph who's a little longer? I'm, you know, 6'5"-ish. Maybe he can be. Maybe he's not in the nose guard. I, I don't know that yet. That's why I'm kind of fascinated to find out about him when we talk to Terrence Jameson um, more in the training camp is to see how he kind of fits in uh, to the group. All right, question number three. How does this outside linebacker group not take a step back, Joey, after losing its two best players and starters from last year? Potential gets realized. Like, I think we've talked about Seth Coleman for three years, I think three years, four years. It's three years. It's been, boy, he's got a lot of potential. And you saw it. The Maryland game comes to mind when he forced a fumble, recovered a fumble, and had the trust of Brett Bielema to go over and say, hey, challenge that. Like that's a remember that Brett Bielema made it a point that he trusted Seth Coleman to say, no, I got that. Like you, you've just seen these flashes and Brett Bielema talked about that. Remember Seth Coleman dethroned Isaiah Gay as a starter for portions of last season. And Brett Bielema said, like, you just see him on the practice field and he pops mm -hmm. and you, you got to get him out there. And obviously he didn't continue to play as well as he had. There was a little bit of a, a valley there. And then Isaiah Gay closed the, his Illinois career at the best stretch of football that he's played at Illinois. Yeah. And uh, I talked to Kevin Kane, who I think is great at his job, by the way. Um, Seth Coleman was playing well and he got that job for, I think it was a second straight year, stole from Isaiah Gay, at least temporarily. He got hurt. Isaiah Gay was. That's right. That's and, what it was. Yeah. And Isaiah Gay had the best stretch of his career, right? Like it's kind of like Tony Adams. Both those guys got benched. As super seniors, like, well, better do it now or it's never going to happen. And credit to Isaiah Gay and Tony Adams and the defensive staff for, for getting the most out of those guys. But I think it was more about Isaiah than, than Seth Coleman taking it. Yeah. But I, I think Seth Coleman is more talented than Isaiah Gay. He's longer. Uh, I think he's got as explosive of a first step, which is saying something given he's bigger. Uh, and we've seen flashes, Joey, of what he can do. Like, he can get after the quarterback, but he also, given that length, um, can get in the passing lanes. He can really affect the passing game, not only as a pass rusher, but his arms getting in the mix of uh, getting into passing lanes and being able to knock down balls at the line of scrimmage is not something Illinois did a lot last year because Carney and Gay aren't the longest guys. So I think Coleman's kind of the prototype of what you wanted an outside linebacker, especially on that will where I, I don't think it's the will, um, but it's more of the weak side outside linebacker where I think they call it the Fox and the buck. I think he's the Fox, <laughs> which think of as a kind of a faster guy. Um, 
he can drop into coverage and, and hold his own a little bit, but mostly he's going to be getting after the quarterback, right? With like Keith Randolph opposite side of him, he's going to be getting after the quarterback. And I think he's going to be a guy who could be a, a big time pass rusher. Like, I think he can be a double digit tackle for loss guy, six plus sack guy in his first full year as a starter. And I think he can eventually be an NFL prospect as well. So former four-star prospect by 24 seven sports. I, I know our guy, Barton Simmons, who's now the Vanderbilt general manager. <laughs> He's a big recruiting guy. Like he was insanely high on Seth Coleman. So now what his fourth year, Seth is the guy, I think he's the no doubt starter at that Fox position. So I think they're very high on him. And then it's about depth, right? Because Alec Bryant's a former four-star prospect. Ezekiel Holmes, I said, are in the open, had a Michigan state offer. He looks like the starter at the buck right now. And then you fill in, you get a couple really good recruits and Gabe Backus and, and Jared Beatty. Shaman Cooper is now in the mix there. They do lose DJ Johnson, who made an impact last year on special teams, played a little bit defense, flashed a little bit there. He entered the transfer portal and went to Louisiana Tech with like five teammates. Um, but I think they 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 feel better about their depth because as you've written about Joey, Carney and Gay played an insane amount of snaps, especially Owen Carney. Yeah, I'm glad you cl clarified that about Isaiah Gay because I about Seth Coleman. It was the injury I, I totally blanked on what that looked like but to your point yeah Owen Carney played 799 snaps last season the the current outside linebacker group on this Illinois roster career 897 I mean that is that's a, that's a pretty big gap there in, in terms of experience and Seth Coleman has the most with 223 Owen Carney played 92 percent of defensive snaps Isaiah Gay and this is even when he, he was benched for that portion of the season, he was 71.8% of snaps. And I remember, Jeremy, there were games, uh, one game in particular, and I really wish I could recall, uh, it was a home game at, probably early in the season where Brett Bielma said, hey, we we probably need some more depth. Like, we can't play these guys, th these amount of snaps that they're out there. That didn't really manifest itself uh, in, in totality last year. Especially when Colt heard. Right. When Coleman got hurt, they had to turn to guys like DJ Johnson, who just wasn't really ready to play. Yeah. And could that manifest itself? Yes. I think Ezekiel Holmes is the other guy, but I don't like that. I don't feel the most confident. Like to me, that's like wide receiver outside wide receiver number two, where it's like, okay, who is going to step up and can someone wrestle this away from him? Can Alec Bryant, who sat out all year last year, he was a four-star, as you mentioned. Could it be Shimon Cooper? Could we see one or both of these freshmen find their way into snaps? Jared Beatty and Gabe Backus are pretty impressive-looking guys for, for being true freshmen in college. Jared Beatty, Jeremy... You saw him play in high school, as I recall. If you saw him then and he walked into a room now, like there's a pretty noticeable physical difference in what he's done and rolling early. We didn't, obviously, he was limited in spring ball uh, with an injury. But I just, I wonder how much, if at all, that one or both of those guys could carve their way in. 
Jumping the gun, Joey. That's the next question. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Can't Either my transitions are really good or I'm way ahead of it. I don't know. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I have to mention more about Alec Bryant. Former four-star prospect, went to Virginia Tech, was there a semester. Then he stayed another semester, but then transferred after the deadline for immediate eligibility, which might not be a thing anymore. Um, But anyway, wasn't able to play last year. I think he would have. I think he would have played in the rotation last year, especially uh, when Seth Coleman got hurt. He looks the part, right? And and they seem to really like his work ethic and and how he's approached things. Just haven't seen him play. Just haven't seen him play, whether it's for us with practice, um, but he certainly seems to look the part. And Kevin Kane seemed pretty high on him. But it's going to be an interesting battle, I think, between him and Holmes for that buck position, which is basically a defensive end. Right. I mean, that's basically those guys aren't going to drop into coverage. Like Owen Carney barely dropped into coverage. His job was to set the edge and get up to the quarterback, which is basically the same thing as a strong side defensive end. So um, his role is basically as a strong side defensive end. But one reason to answer kind of the question in a roundabout way here is why wouldn't they take a step back? Because these are the guys that more fit the mold of what they're looking for at this position. Like Isaiah Gay's a little undersized for even an outside linebacker. He's like 6'2", 6'3", but he certainly um, was more of a fit, I thought, for this position than Owen Carney actually probably was. So I think they could get more versatile because Seth Coleman is a really good athlete who's really long, while Alec Bryant's a really good athlete. Holmes more kind of a defensive end type of body, but really long as well, 6'5". Like he looks the part um so i think they're starting to get the talent that they kind of want for this position so maybe they can maybe the defense and how they use these outside linebackers changes a little bit more now that they're kind of fitting the guys they want um, more of the guys that they recruited i know coleman wasn't but they would have recruited seth coleman um, because i think he was more of an outside linebacker type than a defensive end anyway so maybe that's the reason but there are big questions because there's a lack of experience here all right, moving on, Joey, to your question. Will a freshman make an impact? Will a true freshman make an impact at outside linebacker? I think so, because I think, and I know it's a little bit of a different situation because you have more depth this year than you did last year. But I think these guys are probably more physically advanced than DJ Johnson was when he went out there as a true freshman. So I, I, 
I think, and I would lean towards Beatty just because he had, I mean, he's had, man, six months, seven months already with Tank Wright. And to my point earlier, he looks it. He looks exactly like it. And that's not to say Gabe Ackes, you would take him lightly physically. This is a large man too. But I, I think, and I don't know how much, I, I don't no, I don't know. I don't know that I would say be a lot, but I also don't know what that buck position is going to do, right? Like that. That's what I just don't know how that shapes out. But I, I think there's a chance for one of them too. Yeah. So I think Holmes, Bryant, and Akis are probably the buck guys, right? I think Beatty's Fox along with Shimon Cooper. Now, could they change those things? Could two bucks play? I, I I don't know. I'd have to ask Kevin Kane that, but. um I think Beatty has a chance here because Shimon Cooper is not the ideal prototype for this position. I know there's so much interest in Shimon Cooper. I loved him as a prospect. I thought he was a really high four linebacker. Uh, He's kind of bounced around between inside linebacker, outside linebacker. Um, And Shimon works his butt off, man. Like he's really strong for his size, but he's what? 6'2", 225? Well, like Beatty already is 6'4", 245. 40 235 like and yeah you're right the first thing i noticed last fall actually was this kind of a basketball guy like minnesota thought he was a little too thin for them and he was like 200 pounds 205 pounds as a junior he was like 220 by the time his senior year fall came around and now i think he's like 235 something like that he certainly looks apart great athlete and then gabe Ackes, man high school two-time champion as a wrestler when when he came on campus, like who's this transfer? Who's this JUCO guy? It's you know, reminded me of when when Batiku visited. Like you did the same thing. Like well, who who do we who do we have here? Is this a coach with a high school kid? But the thing is, like he was a Tulane commit at the time. It's like what? Just looking at the guy. Like I don't know even know how this guy moves, but he certainly looks the part. Um, yeah, I think those two guys have a chance. I think I think Beatty probably because of the position he plays and because Cooper. Listen, I, I want the kid to have success. I've covered him for a long time. I think he's a good football player. It just seems like he's kind of had an odd fit right here with this defense, but it seems like he took some strides this spring, so I don't want to count him out, but it just seems like he'd be more vulnerable to losing a two-deep spot, a rotation spot, than Ezekiel Holmes or Alec Bryant, right? Yeah, I agree with that. So that, that's, that's my only thing there. But I think Shimon Cooper can be – the two deep guy as well. And it'd be cool if he can finally find his role. Seems like he had a pretty good spring for him. All right. Last question. How does this group up front stack up against big 10 West offensive lines, right? Like Wisconsin's great. Iowa, really good. Minnesota loses guys, but that's been a really good offensive line. I think Purdue has been okay. Nebraska has not had a really good offensive line. Northwestern has a very good offensive line highlighted by Peter Skaronsky, who's going to be a first-round pick. So how do you feel about this group going into this year? I feel really good. If you look at this as like a five-man, like you're talking about five positions more or less, I feel really good about three of those five with Keith Randolph, with Johnny Newton, and with Seth Coleman. But I do highly recruited guys, right? All highly recruited, big wins for Lovey Smith. I thought in the class of 2019, we talked about Isaiah Williams. We talked about Shimon Cooper, uh, Marquez Beeson. I thought some of the best wins were up front, right? And Johnny was 2020, but Keith Randolph was a monster win. Seth Coleman was a big one. I even thought Moses Apollo at the time 
who's retired from football now due to injuries. That was a big one. Like I thought that's what made that class even better was you're able to add those uh, defensive linemen. So that was just an aside, Joey. Like, but it's just to say, those guys are talented, and they were talented as recruits, and now it's their time. Yeah, remember, Keith, I mean, Florida State came in like gangbusters uh, in that 12th hour trying to wrangle him away from Illinois. Like, And they weren't alone, by the way. Like, Antonio. Coveted. Antonio wanted him bad, like real bad. Michigan, uh, Illinois beat Michigan State uh, for him that time. Yeah, and they flipped Johnny Newton from Maryland. Lovey and his staff did a heck of a job flipping. I remember your story. Uh, they, they did a really – that was an impressive flip. And, and Seth Coleman, Utah, made a huge push, which has been a great right. program in what is left of the back 12 But they've been great on defense with Kyle Winningham's done a great job with those defenses. And he was close to flipping, but Illinois was able to hold on to him. So I give that staff, especially Austin Clark, Lovey Smith, uh, kudos for, for, for landing those three guys. Yeah. And I feel those are the three guys as you know, the season is what is it now? What a month, a little more than a month away. Oh my God. Awesome. Uh, I, I, that's where I feel the best up front is with those three guys. What are you going to get out of nose guard? Is somebody or as we discussed, are two people going to step up and just take that thing and just just be done with the conversation and just these are our two guys or three guys who no doubt are, are the guys that we're going to rotate in and out of this. And then what does that other outside linebacker spot look like? How much can Alec Bryant push Ezekiel Holmes for that spot? And how good are these guys? Like Alec Bryant has played one college football game and I don't think it was a lot at Virginia Tech. You know, we've seen Ezekiel Holmes a little more. Like, to be honest, when we found out that he was the starter in spring, or however you want to describe where your standing is on the depth chart in spring, I was a little taken aback. I, I, I thought it was going to be Bryant. Like, I thought that was the name we were going to hear when we first talked to all the coaches, and it wasn't him. So what does that look like? What production are you going to get there? But I think three of those five stack up pretty well. So I think we're going to have the same conversation with the defensive backs, right? I feel like we're going to have oh, a yeah. similar conversation because you feel really good about three players back there and Sidney Brown, Quan Martin, Devin Witherspoon. But there's two positions there that's like, if that's a weak link, teams are going to hammer that. Like if nose guards a weak link or one of the outside linebackers a weak link, they're going to hammer that. And that's, that's an issue in the big 10, but I think it's got the potential to be a solid big 10 group. And by solid, I mean, for Illinois standard, it's really good because you have, I think three players who all have next level talent. I think the depth is the question. Can you count on Calvin Avery or Virtus Brown? Do Rashawn Wilkins and T Rod Edwards give you solid play? Um, what if Keith Randolph or Johnny Newton gets hurt? I think Illinois could be in trouble. And that's why I think the the defensive line could actually be a weakness if one of those guys gets hurt, right? Like that's that's the question. Like you'd love to have a third defense NFL defensive lineman in this group. If you had a third NFL defensive lineman in this group, you'd start to feel like we're Wisconsin like, we're Iowa like. Like that's where you would start to to feel that way. But that that's Illinois' next step is that depth at every position. To where if one of your running backs goes down, I think Illinois feels pretty good. If you know, if one of your safeties goes down, or one of your defensive linemen goes down, or one of your linebackers, like 
that's where Illinois gets into trouble later on in the season. It's just they don't have that depth due to recruiting. So that's the concern. Isaiah Williams goes down, right? So that's how I feel about the, this defensive front. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before we, I know we still got a couple more of these to discuss. How many positions do you feel like you could lose if you're Illinois? You can lose one player for and not for the season, but let's say for five games, a little less than half the season. To me, it's running back, and I think offensive line. Like I think you could weather those storms. Yeah. For it have, it'd have a to be. Weeks. It have to be a certain position. Like if you're defensive line, if I lost one of those nose guards, I'm okay, right? I I, I feel okay. Sure. If I'm if I'm the defensive backs, I lost Quan Martin for a little bit. I think I can handle having Keontae Curry in the game in a couple of games because it seemed like he had a pretty good spring. If I was Sidney Brown or Devin Witherspoon, so should we refer like there's a what maybe six players that you could say like. More, excuse me, more than five games. No, like it's Isaiah Williams, it's Sidney Brown, it's Devin Witherspoon, Tommy DeVito, Tommy DeVito. And do you, uh, you a linebacker in there, an inside linebacker? Yeah, yeah, because Dark Angel is probably a snap away from being your starter, right? Now, I think that position you can hide a little bit more potentially. If Luke Ford goes down, I know he hasn't had the production, but the depth certainly could be an issue to have Michael Marques and Tip Ryman probably as your top tight ends. And that that group, I, I think they could handle it. Maybe he's not quite at a level with some of these other guys, but yeah, I think if Seth Coleman goes down, I think that's a that's a big issue as well, yeah. right? But yeah, the point being, like, that's the next step. And I talked to somebody about this earlier today when they're at, like that's the next step is have fewer, like have a smaller list of, hey, this team is probably in some pretty serious trouble if X player goes down. Like you, you just want, ideally you would want that to be like zero to two, right? Yeah. And, and that would say, if you have two, it means you've got two stars like Isaiah Williams where you just don't ever want to lose this guy. Well, and I think Illinois got this at running back now, but remember Minnesota lost every running back last oh year. They, they yeah. were continuing to be good. Like, it's just like, lose one? Oh, here's another 100-yard rusher. Lose one? Here's another. I, I think Illinois got that at running back. I, you got to – I keep writing this, but if, when you have that at every position, that's when you're Wisconsin. That's when you're Iowa. Is when you can just rotate. Like, lose a guy, you got another guy, right? Like, and I'm not saying Ohio State level – where you're losing transfers, you start immediately at another school and become first-round draft picks. Like, that's not what Illinois is probably going to be. But just to have a solid replacement, yeah, I think that's that's the next step for this program. It's, it's why recruiting and development is, is so dang important, Joey. Yeah, I, and it, this isn't the first year that we've had this discussion. This Since I've been on the beat, I came on, on the 2018 or during the 2018 season. It's been that same conversation yep. since then. It's... That's the challenge for Brett Bielman, man, is to, to end that conversation. Well, and, and kudos to them at inside linebacker. They found out they had that depth last year, right? We'll talk about the inside linebackers in another podcast along with DBs, but um, that's where it was important to have Kalon Tolson, important to have Tariq Barnes when you lose Jake Hansen. Like, that was a group going into last year. It felt pretty good about the depth. Um, I don't know how many positions you feel that great about there um, on, on the defense this year, though. 
I think they did a good job with defensive linemen creating that depth via the transfer portal and an outside linebacker. Feels like you could lose Coleman for a couple games and be okay. Now, if you lose two of those guys, certainly you're, you're getting into issues there. But um, I think that's where they've, they've started to address that. And that's where they really focus on transfers, right, is, is adding depth where we think we need depth. Yeah, so let me tie this back to the outside linebackers because I think they are getting closer to having that at that position. Like I, I think you're Kevin you're, Kane. Yeah, yeah, dude, Kevin Kane is crushing it at replacing that position. Like Jared Beatty and Gabe Ackes, those were just monster wins. Like I think Tennessee was knocked back when Ackes didn't pick them on signing day. I feel pretty good about saying that. And then you get Beatty, who had offers. I mean, his offer list is impressive. He took those official visits. Those are huge. Then you add into it with Pat Farrell in 23 and Calvin Smith through Jeremy. I know you're very, very high on him. Like, that is a sneaky, really good recruiting run that Kevin Kane is on at that position. Alec Bryant, too. Alec Bryant. Got him last year. So, I think he's doing a heck of a job. And I agree with you like that position long-term, I think linebacker, Andy Boo's done a really good job and they're under recruited guys, but I think he's done a really good job depth wise. I think offensive line running back, they're doing a good job. Um, so I feel like they're, they're definitely adding depth to these positions, but you know, I think they're a year away, maybe from outside linebacker feeling as good oh, as yeah. running back, yeah. right? Like just because Beatty and Akis are, are true freshmen. That's the only reason. But right. maybe if they show they're ready, that's another group that I feel like you lose a guy or two, uh, you certainly can can handle it and it certainly can be good uh despite some losses. All right, that covers it for the defensive front. Hope you're enjoying these podcasts. Got a few more as we get you ready for the Illinois football season, which as Joey just said is only about a month away. So hope you're enjoying all of these as we go through. So give us a follow wherever you get your podcast, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. And check out our YouTube page. Just search Illini Inquirer on YouTube. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you next time on the Online Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.